a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! To the Bat Pulse. May the Force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. The U.S. Department of Energy announced this week that for the first time ever, U.S. scientists at the National Ignition Facility at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California successfully produced a nuclear fusion reaction, resulting in a net energy gain. Nuclear fusion occurs when two or more atoms are fused into one larger one, a process that generates massive amounts of energy as heat. Nuclear fusion powers our sun. Unlike nuclear, fu- nu- uh, sorry, unlike nuclear fission that powers electricity all over the world, nuclear fusion doesn't generate long-lived radioactive waste. The result of the experiment was a major scientific breakthrough and a huge step in a years-long effort to generate an infinite source of clean energy that could help end dependence on fossil fuels. The primary challenge of harnessing harnessing, good gracious, fusion energy, is sustaining it long enough so that it can power electric grids and heating systems. The process is also prohibitively expensive. What isn't? A new conflict is developing over the fate of two large sculptures of Transformers Autobots, Bumblebee and Optimus Prime, placed outside a row house in the Georgetown neighborhood in Washington, D.C., Dr. Newton Howard set the 10-foot-tall, two-ton sculptures outside his home on Prospect Street Northwest in early 2021. His neighbors, as well as the local Citizens Association, complained the sculptures failed to comport with the community's historic character. (laughs) Dr. Howard attempted to secure a public space permit to keep the statues in place, but the old Georgetown board the federal board charged with reviewing changes to the exterior of Georgetown's historic homes denied his request. They did, however, give him permission for a temporary installation of six months. Although that six-month period passed in late 2021, the statues have remained in place. The D.C. government has encouraged a settlement and urged Dr. Howard to reapply for the required permit. And Dr. Howard signed an agreement with DDOT, the D.C. Department of Transportation, requiring him to secure the sculptures so they don't topple. DDOT is the D.C. agency which regulates the use of public space. A reviewer from the D.C. Office of Planning concluded that the statues did not impede passage on the sidewalk or pose any other risk. Nevertheless, the fate of the sculptures remains unclear. The permit process requires the old Georgetown board to sign off on the request, and that seems unlikely. There have been other efforts to move the sculptures elsewhere in Georgetown, as the Georgetown Business Improvement District has, and I quote, explored locations that could work, unquote. 
Dr. Howard remains committed to keeping the Transformers in front of his home. More on this as this story continues to develop. NASA's Artemis I mission concluded last Sunday with the Orion spacecraft's successful return to Earth. The spacecraft splashed down in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Baja, California at 12.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The splashdown occurred 50 years to the day of NASA's Apollo 17 moon landing, the last manned mission to land on the lunar surface. The USS Portland recovered the spacecraft, which was taken to a port in San Diego and then to Kennedy Space Center for in-depth inspections and analysis. Provided none of the post-flight analyses reveal any serious issues, NASA will begin gearing up for Artemis II, the program's first crewed flight, which is scheduled to launch astronauts around the moon in 2024. NASA plans to land astronauts near the moon's south pole aboard Artemis III in 2025 or 2026, a mission that will employ SpaceX's huge new Starship vehicle as a lunar lander. Future Artemis missions will work to establish a research outpost in the South Polar region, which is thought to be rich in water ice. NASA also plans to construct a small moon-orbiting space station called Gateway to support Artemis activities. The first elements of Gateway are expected to blast off atop a a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket in late 2024. Artemis is a large project, an effort to establish a long-term, sustainable human presence on and around the moon, as opposed to the flag and footprints approach of Apollo. The successful completion of Artemis I allows NASA to start focusing on those bold next steps. A new trailer dropped this week for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You can view the trailer on one of the FF social media pages, and while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse opens in theaters on June 2nd, 2023. DC Films co-chair James Gunn announced that he is currently working on a screenplay for a new Superman movie. Gunn also confirmed that Henry Cavill would not be reprising the role as had been previously announced. Cavill acknowledged this in an Instagram post. In more DC Films news, Patty Jenkins took to social media earlier this week to lend clarity to any misconceptions regarding the cancellation of a third Wonder Woman movie. In the statement, the director said she, quote, was open to considering anything asked of me, unquote, in regards to a potential third project. Shortly after, Gunn responded with support, saying to Jenkins on Twitter, quote, I can attest that all of Peter and my interactions with you were only pleasant and professional, unquote. Still no word on Gal Gadot's status. However, planned cameos of Superman and Wonder Woman, played by Cavill and Gadot, which had been planned for the upcoming Flash movie, have apparently now been eliminated. In related news, Henry Cavill will not be returning to the Netflix series The Witcher. However, it was announced that the actor had entered into agreement to executive produce and star in a Warhammer 40,000 franchise based on the popular tabletop game for Amazon. A couple of anniversaries this week as December 15th marked 44 years since the U.S. theatrical release of Superman the Movie, starring Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, and Christopher Reeve. 
It was the first big-budget Hollywood adaptation of a comic book character. And today is 12 years since Tron Legacy opened in theaters on December 17, 2010. James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water opened to 53 million, including Thursday preview screenings. The film is projected to earn between 150 and 175 million at this weekend's domestic box office. We'll get to the discussion immediately following the spoiler free FF review. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. I had my issues with the first movie in the Avatar series. I refer to it as a series, as it seems obvious this sequel heralds more films. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I confess the first film had me checking my watch about 20 minutes in. It was clear the film was going to be one of those colonizer who becomes a better indigenous person than the indigenous people stories. By the end of the picture, hero Jake Scully had turned his back on his own race and embraced the life of the Na'vi, to the point of allowing his natural physical body to die while his consciousness lived on in his Na'vi avatar. Anyway, the bottom line is this. Avatar The Way of Water is visually spectacular. James Cameron has created a masterpiece of CGI filmmaking. Jake Scully and Natiri are living an idyllic existence on the planet Pandora. They have four children of their own and have adopted a human who had been left behind when Earth was driven off the planet as he'd been too young to go into cryostasis. When humans, called Sky People by the Na'vi, suddenly return to Pandora, Jake, Natiri, and their family must work with the rest of the Na'vi to fight once again for their world. But this time, the Sky People have committed greater resources to eliminating the indigenous population in their plan to colonize Pandora. Avatar The Way of Water is a better written movie than the original. The dynamic of Jake and Natiri having a family, particularly with their older children wanting to join the fight against the invaders, makes for a more tense and compelling story. Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana use this material to further develop their characters to great effect. Also returning are Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Joel David Moore, and CCH Pounder. The cast is rounded out by Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Edie Falco, Brendan Cowell, Jermaine Clement, Jamie Flatters, Britton Dalton, Trinity Jolie Bliss, Jack Champion, Bailey Bass, Philip Gelio, and Dwayne Evans Jr. I think it particularly challenging in effects-driven pictures when actors have to have their performances convey through motion capture. And while I'm sure that the high quality of those computer-generated effects help, the heart and soul of the actor's work comes through in apparent fashion. But make no mistake, the real stars of this movie are the army of visual effects artists who brought the finished product to the screen. I'm not disparaging the actors, but this is a CGI-driven film. If you can, I strongly recommend that you see it in 3D. The painstaking quality of the work stands in contrast to the relatively sloppy CG from overworked artists you'll see in other tentpole movies. Sound, special effects, visual effects, stunts, camera and electrical, animation, all the technical departments work harmoniously to deliver a visually stunning experience. 
The musical score by composer Simon Franklin is also terrific. Despite all that, how well or how poorly a film resonates with its audience ultimately comes back to story. This movie is about family, about whether or not you have one, and finding your place in it if you do. It's also about those who have become outcasts from their families, and I think that will resonate with all audience demographics. Everyone is represented somewhere, and audiences will see themselves in these characters and empathize with them. Cameron, Rick Jaffa, and Amanda Silver wrote the screenplay and collaborated on the story with Josh Friedman and Shane Salerno. Cameron directs. In interviews, he has talked about his intention, Avatar be an epic story, and he, apparently, has ideas that would extend to as many as seven films. Be prepared, because this is a long movie. Avatar The Way of Water runs a whopping three hours and 12 minutes. I enjoyed the movie, but I'd be lying if I told you I didn't check my watch. Not like when I saw the first film. I wasn't bored, but there's just a whole lot of movie and I wanted to determine where we were time-wise. Lots of characters, changes of scenery, three hours and 12 minutes. Prepare yourself accordingly. It's rated PG-13 for action, adventure, fantasy, sci-fi. Be careful with this one. I wouldn't take children younger than about 11 or 12. It's about as violent as the first Avatar. Nothing too graphic. No nudity, sex, and minimal questionable language. But as long as it is, you need to consider whether your kids can sit through it or not. Not that you'd be expecting one, but since Marvel has got audiences thinking about it, I'll tell you that there are no mid- or post-credit scenes. So when the title starts scrolling, you can confidently head for home, knowing there's nothing for you to miss. Visually spectacular, a triumph of CGI filmmaking for James Cameron and the start of an epic series. Three stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Four. And there you have it, the official... FF review of Avatar, The Way of Water, <laughs> which opened in theaters uh, only yesterday. Wow. Yeah, that's a heck of a thing. All right. Um, today, we're talking about some of the earlier reported news items and AI-generated art, which has recently been taking social media by storm. Joining me in studio are Roberto Ortiz and Emily Witten and Hello. Julian Lytle. Hello. Everybody, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. So happy to have all of you here. So um, there were, I mean, and I don't know, well, actually, I do. I mean, I've been watching your social media uh, for the past couple of weeks, Roberto. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I, you're, I, you're, I, I am very, very very vocal about this stuff. Yes, you are, as as would be expected, given your profession. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, <laughs> because that could easily be a show, and, uh, you know, hey, it mm -hmm. could. But, um, and, and I think right now, wait, all right, so I'm assuming that you did run out to see Avatar? No, since, I oh, haven't, you haven't seen really. it. No, I, get I, out. I, I am super I, I'm behind. I'm also still behind. Oh, I, I knew saw, you had. I saw, I, I saw Black Panther Wakanda forever. I got that's, to that one. That, that's got nothing to do with it. I haven't to Avatar yet. I've been very busy, basically, Christmas shopping. <laughs> Perfect uh, now. And decorating. Wait. Yeah, decorating too, yes. That's Speaking of which. Time. What? What? No, no. No, no, Julie, I gotta say, what if that Transformers guy just put some Christmas hats on and claimed that 
that you know they, they were Christmas decorations, he could probably avoid this whole thing for at least a couple no, of months. Unfortunately, <laughs> not. <laughs> this, it's not this, a bad idea. No, maybe. it's not. Yeah. It, is, it is. It is not a bad idea at all. It's just that that uh, that's not going to fly down there with the Georgetown people. <laughs> I just love the fact that people are having a problem with it. I seen them. They're in literally in his prop. I mean, I they're yeah, in but it's, but it's house. considered public space. Yes, but it's like. It's why? considered public space. But why are you having a problem it's with... It's considered public space. <laughs> how many, yeah, I mean, I, how many times you want me to say... Yeah, it's, it sucks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Why but, is there no yeah, metro? But there? this is... Yeah, true, it, it, true. You know, I mean, hey, it, you know, anyway. But, at, which is, again, that, and I appreciate that because that was one of the news items. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I haven't seen them in, in live. I, I have mean, to I'm go there and to, take a picture with them. It's like... This I know, cool. now I kind of want to make a pilgrimage to Georgetown yeah. for that, you know? Well, I, I think I'm actually going to approach this guy about getting him on the show. <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty fun, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, because I, I, I love what he's done, I mean, and I have to they're beautiful sculptures. I have something to say about Transformers, at least. Uh, <laughs> to well, be fair, if, if I had money... That's the kind of crap I would be doing. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I I would do this. I I would definitely would do this. I, well, the, actually, I probably would get a prop from the actual damn movie and have it in front of my house. And oh it's like, man, deal with it. The bumblebee car or something yes, like that. Yes. That would be amazing. You can the, buy a bumblebee uh, any uh, Chevrolet. Yeah, well, uh, and the, the cars right that they raced in DC when they were filming the movie, they filmed it right near where we I was We are working. not going down oh. the rabbit hole. <laughs> Sorry, we're totally off topic. The, no, no. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, and, and some of that, you know, hey, look, it is what it is, and I'm not complaining. And I appreciate the fact that the show is unscripted, and we frequently will follow, yeah, well, we. fo- we'll follow wherever the conversation takes us. But given that there is, that I do want to talk about the AI, and there are, well, yeah, but, and uh, from the news items, there were some other things that I'd kind of wanted to bounce off you all. Yes. I mean, for example, this business with Henry Cavill, I've yes. been seeing a lot of... He keeps Getting, scuttlebutt about he that. He keeps getting uh, dropped from projects. You notice a pattern with him? I'm just saying. Wait, wait, here's, wait, here's, what, what was he dropped from other than this? Witcher. No, Witcher. he left Witcher. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's like he left. He left Witcher. I don't think <laughs> he left there's Witcher. anything to imply there. I here's here's my thought on the whole thing. I have been following Henry Cavill's career since he was in I Capture the Castle, which like nobody else I know has seen. What? And The Count of Monte Cristo, where he was I've like the that. petty sixteen-year-old. Oh, that's and right. He sure he gives, was. And he's a great actor. And they gave him a terrible Superman to play. Yes. Okay, Man of Steel was a terrible movie. His Superman was not a good Superman. Nope. He's a really good actor. But while I would love to see him play a good Superman, I can 100% understand James Gunn not wanting to revamp the same actor into a different DC universe. And I really hope that he casts a good Superman and that Henry Cavill can now be, someone was joking about, like James Bond or whatever else, you know, he becomes the next XYZ. I think he's a great actor. I think he could have been an amazing Superman. I think his movies that he was in were not well scripted and done. Well, I think he was an amazing Superman regardless. I, 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 I mean, I, I liked him. I, I mean, I liked his performance. Yes, he was and fine. I, liked his yeah, look. I agree but with her, but the script, terrible. yeah, the whole point specific to Superman is that oh. his oh, I, humanity I, oh, I know, is but that's got no, that's got nothing to do with his performance. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, that's no, that's the writing. We, we, I mean, we're agreeing specifically that yeah. it wasn't him. Right. It was the 
It was this, the writing. The writing yeah, the structure absolutely. of the movie. That's exactly what yeah, I'm saying. Absolutely. He's a great actor. I've loved him for years as an actor. But if you're James Gunn and you're trying to do a yeah. DC universe that works, like the Marvel universe works, which DC has not successfully done still. Because they were doing it as backwards. And, <laughs> and they're depressing. They're depressing in dark movies. And they don't have to be that dark. Superman they're is a old, symbol of hope. And he is the original Boy Scout. And if you get too far away from that, then he's just any other, like, almost anti-hero sometimes. And you actually, well, you know when they lost... I learned yes. earlier this week, what I came to realize when I saw that news item about Superman the movie, and which debuted back in 1978, which yep. was yeah. 44. Four years ago. Now I, you got to appreciate wow. this. Wow. I mean, this is this is. No, no, I this saw is that movie in the cinema. So that Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm gonna kill your mic in a minute, man. <laughs> <laughs> you want to host the show? We no. can talk about that. All right, go ahead. We absolutely can. No, it's fine. But I, I, I was in the cinema too when the movie came out, and I was already a teenager. I'm living my life, but here's, here's, here's the key point. This was 44 years ago. It's been nearly 50 years since that movie came out. Wow. I can't expect any, particularly younger people, I can't, I can't expect them to understand the dynamic of Warner Brothers and DC films. Yeah. You know? I mean, because quite frankly, the earlier movies have very little to do, you could argue they have nothing to do with the current landscape and the dynamic of Warner Brothers and the films that they're making today. Yeah. And that was what I realized earlier this week, because every time somebody makes a comment, you know, like, like uh, you know, you did in, in terms of, you know, saying, you know, about how messed up DC is, mm -hmm. I've said my response been hey but you know dc started the whole thing with superman the movie i didn't add the 44 years ago they started this thing which invalidates the whole thing yeah, basically but i mean usually the main point is that they have to make movies we want to see whatever else they're doing they have to make movies we want to see and i am saddened by dc's uh performance in a lot of their modern movies well, well but fun. don't generalize because i think no, I like julian was making too. a really good point <laughs> In terms of all their films, aren't like that, you know. That's I mean, yes. And Julian, what was that point you were making? I, I think it's a, a well, yeah. All their films don't have the same tone, especially the ones connected to Zack Snyder. And, um, yeah, not I'm their main comp the their main competition. Not most. Okay, a third of those movies aren't good, and True. another third is mediocre at best. So. Mm -hmm. If I gotta feel unhappy, the only reason I see these movies is because it's literally work. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a period mm. in which I didn't even see them for that. Mm. But it's like I wasn't doing the job as, as correctly as I should. But like, you know what? I get there's some movies that are so, uh, I guess, have greater impact mm -hmm. over people's opinion over what the tone of a certain quote-unquote universe and you get to that and I'm also I did never thought that DC should make a cohesive universe hmm. you mm. should not do what Marvel does yeah. DC always fails when they do what Marvel does you can't do what Marvel because does because DC Eventually, and Marvel are not the same yeah. Marvel will implode the whole thing just like they did in the comic books 
everything repeats itself. Mm. Well, and I and I also think and hold that thought one oh, second. Yeah. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM and streaming via WERA FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle, Roberto Ortiz, and Emily Witten, who's just getting ready to make a point. Yeah, I, I also think DC does well in some fora, so they do good TV shows a lot of the time. Yes. I'm not saying every single one, but a lot of their TV has been extremely enjoyable. In fact, I'm currently re-watching Smallville, which I love, because they're now doing, I don't know if you guys know that um, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling are doing a Talkville podcast where they go through heard every mm. episode and just discuss what the filming process was like and are stuff. Are you serious? Like, I it's remember really that fun. far they're back. They're going to go wow. through all 10 years. It's going to be insane. Damn. They're still in season one, but no, I think they got to the finale of season one already. Wow. But it's really enjoyable to go back and rewatch those Smallville TV shows the way that I rewatch Marvel movies. So I think DC can do a good job in the cinematic world. It's just the small screen, longer story, expanded universe seems to be where they've been more successful in making movies or, or, t or sorry, things on screen that I want to actually watch and rewatch. But the thing is that I feel one factor that needs to be uh, brought into the conversation is that social media pushes a lot of these narratives. Social media does not represent the fans. Social media is the one who's basically saying that, uh, you know, that bring this another card, bring this, bring that. And the problem is basically is that when DC basically was just following what social media was doing, they were making decisions based on social media, which not necessarily were the smartest ones. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of really how shall I say, not reputable people bots, basically, who are pushing narratives in terms of how these characters should be interpreted. And to be fair, it's kind of creepy to me because there's like a perception by a lot of people that the DC characters should all, all be seen like gods and basically they should be basically over men and over women and it mm. sounds strangely fascistic, sorry. <laughs> well, you know, but, but that's, that's, that's who those characters are. I but, mean, they're, but, they're these... They're yeah. these avatars, they, But they basically. don't have to be. Mm. I exactly. mean, Superman isn't always like that. That's the thing. When, Car yes. when he's humanized by his struggles to be a good human, which Man of Steel, for instance, was terrible at and did Thank the exact you. opposite of, he can be a very relatable character. It's just that a lot of people don't understand how to portray him in a way that has the emotional impact that it could. Like, I get teary when he's discovering his Kryptonian roots and struggling with his human side and not being able to tell people who he is and all of that stuff, okay? I relate to that. I'm not like I'm that yeah. person, but I, I emote with that. I get it. Like, I'm like, oh, this is tragic. It's He can be a, a symbol of hope and a tragic hero at the same time, but he doesn't have to be a god. And then they can do the storylines where he becomes more godlike by, for instance, forsaking some of his morals as or his human-learned, quote-unquote, morals or however they decide to portray the Kryptonian versus the human part of him. And one thing that people forget specifically is that Superman as a character was created by two Jewish boys back in the 1940s, mm -hmm. 30s and 40s, specifically as a reaction to the concept of the Overman, which yeah. basically what was the fascists were pushing. It's, and what makes Superman Superman. And people forget this. Superman was fighting the freaking Ku Klux Klan back in the 40s. Yeah. Is that Superman is Superman because of humanity? It's like the uh, the question of the, of the character is who is Superman? Is it Clark Kent or Superman? 
and it's Clark Kent. Clark Kent is a decent person. Mm-hmm. And by the way, one thing that the movie got wrong, the 1977 movie, uh, 78. 78, sorry, is that it made the argument that Superman was somehow special because of his corrupt Kryptonian heritage. And that's wrong. Superman is Superman because of where he grew up. No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, before you listen to get, get sit here. See, that, that, is, that is the divide between post-crisis and pre-crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that Superman is aspirational. Yes, he is special because he is Moses. Yeah. Mo- Superman Moses is Moses, yes. is special. Yeah. But he he's is, not the son he of is, God. He's the Messiah. Yeah. So, like, you can't... I have... There's different things going on, but you just is about to, to get That's it. a really good well, point, by the way. Yeah, but and, and I agree with pretty much everything that you all have said, but none of that negates the fact that these DC characters, as opposed to the Marvel characters, um, you know, they are, they don't have the same kind of foibles that the Marvel characters do. Um, you know, the, 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 no, 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 seriously, the, no, no, seriously, the, the DC characters are these people that you look up to and aspire to and want to be, and, you know, the Marvel characters are more like, well, yeah, you know, you could sit down and have a beer with them. No, I don't agree with that at all. Again, you can say the changes they made in 85 effectively give a more viewpoint to what you guys are saying versus what he saw, well, which is was the main version yeah. of the characters for yeah. like 50 years. That, that Yuli grew up with more. <laughs> so that's fair. Well, <laughs> and that's also true because... Mm-hmm. The, the the characters that I read in the comic books, uh, you know, and and it's not that they're super different from the characters today, but uh, I mean, and quite frankly, I think that their DC they did some work on on the characters uh, in a, because they were trying to emulate Marvel more. Uh, I I agree with Julian though in that. I think DC needs to stick to their own thing and let their characters be their characters. But after I saw Superman the movie, my feeling was, hey, when are you guys going to do a shared universe thing? And quite frankly, they could have beaten Marvel to that if they'd have understood what they had. Yeah. 44 years ago, which they didn't, so... They still don't. Yeah, also, can, while we're talking about this, I'll put in a plug for the novel The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which yeah. is like a fictionalized version of the creation of Superman to a great extent, and I it's a really good, good story. Really good book. It's a really good book, so... Interesting. Yeah. Well, look, that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break, because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. That means, among other things, we're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you to be able to continue to operate the radio station and the television station, which we also have here as part of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media. Make it your business today, before the conclusion of the day. Go to the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org and find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media today. And if you make that gift before the end of the month, you can deduct it on your taxes for next year. And who doesn't want a tax write-off of some kind? 
I know I do. Give early, give often, give till it hurts in support of your community. So anyway, look, as you can tell, uh, we are some opinionated folks, and we've got a lot more that is coming your way because we haven't even gotten into the artificial intelligence discussion yet. And uh, I know that, uh, well, Emily had said she's got opinions. Emily's always got opinions. We've all always got opinions. I didn't mean to sing you loud, Em, because, you know, Roberto, too. Anyway, stick with us. We'll be right back right after this. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Emily Witten, Roberto Ortiz, and Julian Lytle. And when we took the break, we were talking, uh, well, we're actually talking about a bunch of stuff, but uh, specifically... We had uh, mentioned the fact that after having announced that he was returning to the role of Superman, actor Henry Cavill uh, had to walk that back because apparently DC Films people are going in another direction now. And it seems that James Gunn is writing a new Superman movie. It's going to be a younger Superman um, uh, you know, who who knows what in the heck this thing is going to be. But I do agree that DC needs to find their way. I have said on previous shows, um, whatever it is here that um, the uh, this David Zaslav, who's in charge over at Warner now, is trying to do, isn't going to work out the way that he hopes, mainly because over at Marvel, Kevin Feige has autonomy. And part of the problem is that the people that they have hired still have to go uh, over, around, and through a a bunch of folks. And there's this corporate structure, and I think ultimately that is going to thwart whatever it is that they're trying to do. Because, of course, the only thing that is going to be recognized as success is if Warner Brothers is putting out these multiple billion dollar movies uh, more like what Marvel is doing and you know the financial success of that is just not likely to be copied Uh, because also what's happened is fans are more inclined to accept the Marvel product than they are the DC product at this point for now yeah you know yeah (laughs) that's a pretty big thing no, you know, I don't think so. I think it's more that they like Marvel so much. Well, yeah, that, that you if know, it's that, okay and and still. But, well, uh, no, but Mar- there's plenty of stuff that Marvel puts out that totally sucks, well, and they, they, they 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 lap well, it up yeah, anyway. Yeah, the you dark know? world. Um, but oh, <laughs> I not I not I just that. I, I would say Love and Thunder, Guardians oh. of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's wait, a whole bunch wait, of stuff. No, Guardians no, of the no, Galaxy no, was like, not How dare you? How dare you? Baby hey, Groot look, is my baby. It was um, fun, but it <laughs> wasn't good. No. Anyway, my, oh but my see, God. And, and, and that proves my point. I'm see, a, I'm gonna have a fight in the radio studio now. Fans are more inclined to embrace that. But hey, you know, well, yeah, but you know. And that's probably going to be something from another show. Oh, no! Uh, yeah, well, only because... So are we because, going to AI art? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because, hey, a couple of weeks ago, 
all of a sudden, my feed on social media oh, yeah. became flooded with all of this <laughs> stuff. And it was uh, a lot of it was from Lensa, I found out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, initially <laughs> I was like, oh, this kind of looks like fun. Maybe I'll go up in here. But then Lensa wanted like money from me. And I'm yeah. like, oh, forget that. Yep. I ain't giving you no money. But, uh, you know, it was uh, this, these these images uh, were based on photos that people provided. And uh, <laughs> they people. Stupid. Yeah. People love this stuff, though. You Bet know? they do. And yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, it's you so know, I, they can make porn out of your face. Oh, they've been able to, so been able to do that stuff. for a long no, time. But no, they, but this is way sorry, worse. No, no, go, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I'm talking about the deep fake stuff. Oh, no, yeah, I know. But this, this is, is way worse. Yeah, they're <sighs> able to, and there's not a lot of regulation of what's going into it. So there's like there's child like pornography no and yeah. things like that. So there can be like childlike body with, oh, or yeah. sorry, sorry, adult body with childlike features or you know, like all of this stuff that they're that they're turning out now. Uh, but but you you were probably going in a specific direction. I, I have so many thoughts. I'll well, look. I'm speaking generally because I am you know really ignorant about a lot of mm. this stuff. Mm. Um, I know that there have been concerns raised over the equity of images created by artificial intelligence. Yep. The yep. effects on professional artists. Yep. Risk of sexual exploitation, as yes. you yep. said. Um, you Go know, on. But, You're uh, doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but, but I, all the points. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I, but I think and regulation that, is a really big. Yeah. Well, yeah. The the lack of Generally. regulation. Exactly. You know, key. Yeah. But uh, what I'd like to do uh, for the remainder of the show, we're talking about this stuff, is to identify some of the main issues. I mean, because what I've heard is the way that this thing learns. I mean, it just culls from images that are out there on the internet. Mm -hmm. And you know I, I, whether whether people <laughs> give their permission or not, and that's not how just the thing on the is. Internet. Ah, there, you know. there was evidence mm. of some people's uh, medical photos, like mm. pr private mm. medical file photos, had made their way into one of I think Lensa, but one of these big search engines. So mm -hmm. it's there are so many issues. Privacy is a huge, huge issue. Consent mm -hmm. is a huge issue. Mm -hmm. The child pornography sexualization issue. Like there was an article recently, I, I can't remember attribution for everything. I apologize to the people who did this research, but someone had done research where they fed in the photos and got photos back of themselves. And they described that many of the photos that came back were uh, hypersexualized versions of the female body and then childlike features on the on the face and oh. so it was like child un uncomfortably child adult hybrid pornography i don't even know how to describe what that would look like but i can imagine it unfortunately and and then as i said there's some evidence of, of medical photo like medical file photos getting out into this thing and that does not even mention all of the uh, absconding of, of art from actual artists. Yeah. There's evidence of, like, some of the art comes out with kind of blurred out, messed up signatures from the original artist art that have made their way into the final, quote, AI art, you know? And so, it, yeah, I mean, there's so many issues. And I'd like to turn back the clock a little to when there was an app that came out that would, and I forget what the app is called, I, I have it, I think, because I tried this, and it was an art one. Yeah. It was art, art something or other, and it would you would feed in photos of yourself, a photo, and then and you could do you. it in different styles. 
So it could be like watercolor. Yeah, yeah, yeah watercolor, but also pencil. like like um oh, didn't Ed- Edwardian, do some of that stuff Edwardian too? art and stuff like that, oh, or yeah. like or like mm-hmm. uh, like cartoon yeah. or stuff. Comic. Yeah, know. Disney style kind of, mm-hmm. and it was fun, and it was simple, and it was your one photo and the one thing, and it didn't get out anywhere that I'm aware of because it was more using a style that they had fed in, I guess, to make that look like your face. And now the Lensa thing is like that on a hundred unethical steroids. But the thing is that, you know what they were using those, right, first things first, I need to say this because I can get in trouble. I work for the U.S. Patents and Trademark Office. I work from the trademark side doing training. Mm. Whatever I say right now does not represent the official position of my agency. This is my personal opinion. I need to say it because it's somewhat empowered my agency. Throw that disclaimer out there. I can get in big trouble. So this is my opinion. Those models that you're describing, what they were doing is that they were training facial recognition algorithms that are used for surveillance. What's happening specifically is that each and every one of these social networks have been basically feeding off us in terms of their data. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing specifically is that they're every time you do an interaction, every time you see an image, every time you feed it, they use that to train an algorithm model to become better and better and better. This is something that... And when you say train it to become better, what do you mean by that? It means that it learns by failing. This uh, the, the philosophy specifically for artificial intelligence research has existed in terms of theory since the 60s. And about 10 years ago is when we started having actual breakthroughs in terms of artificial intelligence. And what we call, um, call artificial intelligence is basically it's an inference engine. It's basically you have one million monkeys basically typing keys. And what happens is basically is that the monkeys who get it right, that can write one sentence, you say, good. The monkeys are getting wrong, you electrocute it. And you repeat that process millions and millions and millions of times. And the thing is that what happens is that the more data you feed to the monkeys, the smarter they become and they start basically getting things right. Well, wait a minute. Is it is it that monkeys are getting smarter or you're just eliminating the stupid monkeys? You eliminate, basic, you're doing evolution uh, uh, brute force evolution by basically eliminating uh, the dumb monkeys. And what yeah. you keep fed, feeding them is basically data. And the data they're using is basically, the better the data is, the, the, the more lifelike the result looks like. Mm. What's the problem? She's right. ArtStation was bought by Epic Games about, uh, I have it here, in about in 2021. Last year. Last year, yeah. Specifically, our station is basically has become the epicenter of the protest, specifically because it was found out that they're turning intellectual property law upside down. Are right? they though? Yes, they are. are because they the thing is that you're allowed. Didn't you sign that, you look. Didn't you hit agree? That's a good point. But the thing is that when you're training these algorithms, and this is where they're being evil. You're allowed to basically use fair use in terms of copyright law for educational materials and research. But what these people are doing is basically is that on one hand, they basically are educating, training these algorithms, and then they basically, the research basically just gives those algorithms to corporations. And then they're commercialized. Exactly. Well, 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 wait a minute, though. It sounds like Julian has a different perspective on this. I mean... uh, I'm agnostic because 
we spent the last 18 years of clicking agree yeah to giving up all of our stuff and then all of a sudden when a little thing of this machine learning finally affects some commercial visual artists a lot we we want to we want oh my god this is terrible you ain't care about them the McDonald's workers who lost a job but you didn't I, you didn't care about the writers and the paralegals losing the job to to the chat bots and the, and the grammar bots that fixes people's writing and can write whole things you don't give a you need nobody brings up the fact that uh how much did CG destroy the model makers jobs 20 years ago well or makeup artists it happens. It sucks. It's terrible. It yeah. always sucked. It always was terrible. It's, but but it's, 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 it's a, a bad well, thing. No, it's a good wait, wait, point you're hold, making. Hold, hold that thought one okay. second because it's time to remind everybody you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today in studio by... Who's with me here? <laughs> Roberto Ortiz, Julian oh Lytle, and uh, Emily okay? Witten. It's three yeah. people in here. It's a big heavy It's me. It's, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to look around and see who you've got here. You know, because, no, I, I, I mean, honest to goodness, and this is completely aside, I, you know, I, what I wanted to say was I'm joined in studio by Shereen Nicole. Shereen Nicole ain't been in studio <laughs> in like two years. Wow. She ain't been here. Hi, you Shereen. know, it's like, you know, <laughs> COVID or whatever. So, yep, yep. yeah, you know, and, and and I think, you know, by rote. Anyway, Julian? so, so, yes. so uh, Julian makes a good point that actually it, it dovetails with two things I was yeah. going to say. One, when I brought up that art app that I used as well, mm -hmm. I was going to note that it was very easy for me to not even thinking about it, fall into the, oh, everyone's doing this, this is fun. Now, by the time it got to Lensa, I was like, no, 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 this is too much. I, I have noted by now what they're doing and there's enough awareness about it, which we didn't have as much awareness like Roberto does. He's educated in this and we know what we can self-educate ourselves on, but we're not all experts in AI. So I one point I was going to make is that it was easy for me to be like, oh, this is a fun little thing and do it. And now I look at the, you know, steroided version of it and go oh i don't i don't want to do it and the other thing that julian was saying is like you know we've been clicking agree and agreeing to this stuff and giving up these rights to some extent there are some privacy protections so that's a good thing but to another extent i think one of the biggest problems with this particular brand of an adaptive thing that we have now i mean cgi yes all of that is connected to the things that we're doing. So Julian, that's a great point. But I think the major problem with this that goes with what Roberto was saying is we don't have the proper legislation and- um, They're violating and, actual laws right now. Well, that's the thing, we, right, we're not ready. We, and, and lawmaking is slow, as, as a, so a disclaimer of what my laws own. Are I'm not going to. Basically, fair use. They can't use. get around it. Because part of the. And trademark law? Oh boy, trademark law is very also, easy. Trademark yes. law of what? Okay, if you basically make an Sorry. image of Mickey Mouse right now uh -huh. and you try to sell it, yes. and, and, and basically you get busted by Disney. Uh huh. Disney has a valid trademark on Mickey Mouse, so specifically in terms of the colors, in terms of the design of the character, in terms of the typography. They'll go to an, uh, a lawyer, a TTV law lawyer, and basically he'll ask, okay, do you make money out of Mickey Mouse illegally? Yes. Okay, give money to Disney. That's it. Do it's you think, well, I mean, do it, you think they're not is, doing that currently? It is a bit but, more complicated, but it is, it, Roberto's in, you know, in the right direction, and I'm going to do my disclaimer here. I'm an attorney, but these are my personal opinions. Um, but... 
part of the problem is that fair use is a defense. Yeah. So you can use whatever you want to, and the only way you get in trouble is if they come after you. And now and they we've got will. this huge... Well, Disney will, but not like some artist who's just at a comic convention trying to sell their art and make a living, which is very hard to do as also a comics creator. It's very hard to make a living off of comics. So you're at your show. You're a really great artist. You do well enough to make a living for yourself and maybe your family, and that's you know where you are. You're not a millionaire. And then this AI machine is stealing your work to put it into their system and then use it for quote-unquote research, as Roberto said, and then commercialize it, and you haven't got a recourse. So we need things like class action lawsuits, we need things like quick legislation, and we need things like, for instance, requiring a mark to tell everyone, including consumers like me who want to know, if this work has been done by an AI or not. And actually, I want to know that and as guess, a consumer. And it gets worse specifically because the way they're doing it is that let's say I have my art the AI model the way is basically told to replicate the artist basically is draw uh, uh, a knight walking down the steps and this is where it gets scary in the style of Roberto Ortiz mm -hmm. enter yeah and and here's the worst part the way copyright the way Copyright law works. Okay, there's three major parts of intellectual property. Copyright, trademarks, and patents. The, the ones that are relevant in here, in this case, is copyright and trademarks. Trademarks basically is something that you can renew forever if you do it right. This is why Superman will never go into the public domain because DC Comics and Warner Brothers yeah, they own renew the trademarks. The yeah. But it also All has to be own. unique enough yes. to be yeah. something Bingo. that can be trademarked. So it's not as easy to uh, trademark as well, the copyright in some Well, but you instances. know, DC had a lot of success suing their competitors. Yeah. I mean, and that's why Fawcett Comics actually stopped publishing with Captain Marvel, which had mm -hmm. been outselling Superman at one point. And somehow, now, uh, to me... There are the comparisons between Captain Marvel and Superman are minimal at best, mm -hmm. and yet at the time, and this case ended up because I mean, they they litigated it like twice, as I recall. But finally, in the fifties, DC won, and Fawcett basically decided to go out of business rather than continue fighting this thing. And you know? part of the problem here is that it's not one company that's Thank getting you. its, its wait, wait, info. Julian, what's that? They won what? because they had the most money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, the way copyright, there's, this is an old step thing. Most people don't understand basically how copyright works. When you take a picture, when you create something, when you do this podcast, you automatically have a copyright protection because it's your intellectual property. Mm -hmm. The reason you don't see people ripping off Facebook to do the commercials, that they have to approach somebody and say, can I use your pictures? Can I use your video? Can I use your video in my newscast? It's not because they're being nice. It's not because they want to keep their money. It's because they know they're liable if they don't do that. That's how copyright protection is. In 2008, Google, who is one of the companies who's knee-deep on this crap, by the way, <laughs> wanted to undo that and create something called the Orphan Works Act. Oh, yeah, Orphan we, Works. We fought issue. this, artists, back mm -hmm. then. We raised holy hell. What they wanted to do is basically is what this bastards basically what AI are doing which is basically back in 2008 what they wanted to do is completely dismantle copyright as we knew it and anything that was on the internet would be fair game yeah what and 
Orphan Works, the definition of that is if you can't find the creator of the work. Yeah. You're sending me because this was my law school um, entertainment law thesis. I did an entire, like, 40-something page paper on Orphan Works at the time. So I'm like, oh, man, when, now when, we're going when back. When they say you can't find... The so, creator, so what do they mean by so that? If you find some something on the internet or, or anywhere and you know you can't you there's no way you to attribute it to, find it to artists, someone, yeah. then some some there's like a, a gray area where you can use it and your and your defense is well we can't we don't know who it belongs to, so we couldn't ask for the permission. So it's an orphaned work because no one owns it, even though someone does own it, but because we don't know who owns it, we're okay, we're safe. So they mean whoever owns it's not obvious. Yes, so, it's yeah, not I mean, obvious. you know, where but, perhaps but based on the site upon which research. you find it or yeah, right. I was gonna but say you do, no, yeah. you do you have a responsibility to try to locate the owner of the work. Yeah. And my recollection of what Roberto is talking about is they wanted to walk that back. And I d I don't remember all they the details. They wanted to basically that. declare they wanted to undo, mm -hmm. uh, there's something called the Berne Convention specifically, and this is why I'm convinced this is going to be resolved very quickly. <laughs> the Berne Convention basically is a convention that the U.S. belongs to. Again, I'm not representing my agency. I just write a lot of educational material for them, so it's it, by osmosis. You already you gave the disclosure. Keep talking. <laughs> All right, so the Berne Convention basically states that the signatures of the convention, which is the U.S., the European Union, Japan, most of the Western comp uh, Western powers agree in terms of how in intellectual property laws are regulated among themselves. So if a law, intellectual property law passes in one, it basically is approved in terms of the convention. Japan thinks that this is an abom abomination, AI. The way they, uh, because in terms of how they view manga and animation, mm -hmm. they depend heavily on intellectual property, and this is freaking the hell out of them. I'm convinced that the U.S. is going to drag their feet on for the sake of pushing technology, but I'm convinced that the European Unions and Japan are going to drop on this like a like a like a hammer, very hard, very quickly. And it's going to happen in terms of regulation, specifically because what they're doing, these companies, is that they're saying, "Oh, sorry, we didn't mean it, but you can opt out." Just basically tell us. And by the way. What we'll do is that the, the the algorithm still will use your art, right. but you cannot write the prompt with your name. But we'll still basically have your art in yeah, the algorithm. Because they don't like, really have the tools to pull Lord. that art back, is my understanding, well, is they don't have a, a great ability scumbags. to go and pull that art out of the system yes, once they it's can. in the system. Because the thing is that the way you train the well, algorithm... that's what they're saying anyway. It's a lie. Wait, wait. Here's my, my agnostic tape. First of all, you can never copyright style anyway. But they're not no, doing no, no. that. It's, it's not just the style. It's, it's not just the style. It's still mostly still. Because where you were bringing up, like, there are things that categorically happen in which, let's use a comic book convention, I can walk down any artist alley and see, let's say, 25% of people steal other people's stuff. Oh, God, yeah. That's illegal what they're doing, but we're looking at yeah, no, the No, no, you can't. No, first of all, there's careers of people who drew like Rob Liefeld, who drew yeah. like Jubilee. Style in itself, yes. When you start getting to actual creations and works, things they've actually created and things that, yes, you can, in fact, trademark and copyright. The idea, how you draw. Especially in terms of style and what becomes sellable. Because you can't tell me you look at Cartoon Network and Disney and Nickelodeon for the last couple of years and they all patent a certain way a style. 
I agree, but there's a big difference mm. between. But there's a big difference between. Like four but, but there's a big difference between inspiration and sampling. Mm -hmm. And there's a big law that M has been passed music, specifically. Music artists would disagree in regards well, to sampling. Well, yeah, 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 and that's, that's where area, that's gonna open up Andorra's box specifically <laughs> in terms of sampling. And you know where I'm going from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sampling basically, there have been a lot of lawsuits. You know this mm -hmm. back about 15 years ago. Specifically about sampling. Let's, and let's this not is talk like, about 15 years. We need to talk about blurred lines of 2018 that completely changed music interpolation and sampling laws. So this is a shaky ground we're talking a, about right it now. Is. It is. I know we're coming to the end here. Yeah. I just, I really do want to encourage people to think yes. about not only the legislative system needing to take a step up on this, but also class actions if you do feel that your art has been misused. And also, as part of that legislation, as I was saying, a mark that indicates it has been created by an AI. Because part of my concern about all this is as a consumer, I want to know if I'm looking at something that a person created. You know, mm. Van Gogh created entire new styles of color and I want to know if that came from a person who had a sad and tragic and interesting life or if it came from a machine going these two look, look good together yay colors well, then use my Van Gogh brush in Photoshop well. I mean yeah I mean that's that's fair now Van Gogh's style has been co-opted by millions but you know what he created it and I think that he deserves to be recognized and for that clearly, I feel the same about all the artists that we and he died poor and sad and it's very sad in yes. greater detail but Unfortunately, we don't have time to do that today because that musical cue means we're out of time for this show. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. Check it out if you happen to be in Montgomery County on MCM, Montgomery Community Media. You can also visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We have all the episodes broken out. We have the uh, interviews we got the toy and game profiles we got the special features we got we got everything there fantasticforum.tv check it out the show also re-airs each and every sunday afternoon here on WERA from 4 to 5 p.m. come back tomorrow and we're in first run right here on WERA each and every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. And we're available as a podcast thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. You have a wonderful rest of the weekend. I'm going to try to be back live next week. I don't know who in the heck's going to be here. It's Christmas Eve, but hey, I'll be here. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, people.